Joining us now on the Psychedelic Spotlight podcast, the CEO of PsychCorp, David Flores. David, it's great to be with you today. Uh, thank you, Matthew. I appreciate it. Happy New Year to you and the rest of the team. Here we are at the beginning of 2024. Uh, let's check in for an update on uh, Site Corporation. What's the big picture? What should shareholders know? Can you provide an update about the state of the company? And why you've been relatively silent on the update front for the past couple of months. There's always a lot of action going on behind the scenes, as we all know. Um, but checking in with the shareholders now to offer a kind of state of the state address, I think would be a good thing here on January 2nd, 2024. Yeah, thank you so much for that. So yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, the company has been relatively silent here over the past couple of months, you know, on a you know, news release uh, standpoint here. And I want to first apologize to, you know, shareholders and stakeholders for that. Obviously, from the very beginning, you know, my my goal has been to operate this company, you know, as openly and, you know, transparently as possible, uh, creating a very effective line of communication between the company and our shareholders. Um, the first uh, CEO of the company ever to be actively uh, on uh, platforms like LinkedIn and Twitter slash X. I've also done AMAs on Reddit and been on various podcasts talking about the state of the company. So it's always been important to me to maintain a very effective line of communication between us and our shareholders. And so, you know, with that, it's also important to me that, you know, when I do come on shows and I do talk about things where we are putting out press releases that I have enough information to work with that I feel comfortable and confident putting out because I understand people look to these things and these updates to make very important decisions. So with that in mind, it's very important to me that when we're putting information out there, when we're providing these updates, that we've got enough to work with, to feel confident enough to be able to share those details and that information with shareholders and other individuals out there who may be following our story. Nonetheless, you know, um, we find ourselves here at the very beginning of 2024 uh, at a crossroads here with the company and, you know, with some uncertainty as far as, you know, what the future of PsychCorp and Psychedelic Spotlight actually looks like. And, you know, we've spent the past couple of months, we've been busy, um, you know, make no mistake about it, just because we have not been putting out, you know, news or information doesn't mean that we haven't been doing things uh, behind the scenes. We, you know, we were at the Connor Global um, Investment Summit in New York City in November. We attended the Remind Psychedelic uh, Conference uh, here in Las Vegas, uh, late November, early December. Uh, we've been continuing to maintain and operate Psychedelic Spotlight as a top three media platform within the psychedelic sector. So we've been doing a lot. A lot of work has been going on, but you know there has been a cloud of uncertainty sort of hanging over us on the corporate level with the future of PsychCorp as a publicly traded company focused here within the psychedelic sector. And so we've been trying to work through some of that, uh, trying to understand you know what the best path forward is here for the company. Um, and you know right now again you know we haven't identified all of the solutions uh, that we need to identify here. So again there is some uncertainty. Um, nonetheless, you know, I do want to at least ensure, you know, shareholders that my team and I and the board and I and everyone involved here with PsyCorp are working diligently on a day over day basis, trying to bring together the solutions that we need to bring together in order to keep this thing moving forward. We've all put a tremendous amount of time, effort and resources into building psychedelic spotlight into what it's become. And what I mean by that, it's become one of the top three media platforms focused exclusively on the psychedelic sector. We're talking top three globally here. And that's something that doesn't happen by accident. That's something that doesn't happen without a proper plan and vision and the ability and the wherewithal to be able to see that plan through. Now, as much credit as I'd love to take for all that, Matthew, you know, 
we wouldn't be where we are with psychedelic spotlight and it wouldn't have the positioning or the authority that it has within the psychedelic sector if it weren't for the talented team that's been behind it, individuals such as yourselves, uh, such as yourself, you know, who have really put in the work over the past, you know, couple of years, really, uh, and helping to build psychedelic spotlight into what it's become. If anything, you know, that I've done right, it's being able to identify and recruit the right individuals and the right talent to bring in uh, and placing them in positions to contribute to this objective of building psychedelic spotlight into one of the top media platforms for psychedelic sector that, you know, still currently sits as something that is projected and, you know, just Google it for anybody out there, you know, wanting to, you know, find more information about this, that is still projected to be a multi-billion dollar industry here over the next 10 years. So we remain optimistic on the overall outlook of the psychedelic sector. But that kind of brings me to the second part of, you know, what I wanted to discuss here, Matthew, and that's that we've been operating this company in a very challenging environment that is the psychedelics uh, sector. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of companies here over the last couple of years, you know, fall to the wayside. And we're talking about companies that in 2019 and 2020 were successful in raising millions of dollars, 30 plus million dollars in some cases, you know, for their different drug development pipelines and therapeutic drug uh, development pipelines and so on and so forth. And those companies are no longer operational. They folded. Now, I want to make it clear, I'm not pointing out their failures and saying, oh, well, because they failed and they were a psychedelic company that it's okay that, you know, we potentially, you know, fail or that we're struggling and it's okay. No, that's not the case. But it does point to the fact that this has been a very volatile market sector to operate in here over the last couple of years. Um, I like to think that we here at PsyCorp with Psychedelic Spotlight Rather than just surviving, I'd like to think that we've thrived in some areas in terms of being able to build psychedelic spotlight up into the platform that it is now you become where it is recognized as a top media authority for the psychedelic space. Uh, and again, we've done that through commitment and through proper planning and strategic follow through and so on and so forth. And we've seen other media companies also fall to the wayside here, yet we've continued to push forward as challenging as it's been. And that's because we've always believed in the long-term goal and objective and the potential that's been tied to this and the potential ultimately of building true value here for PsyCorp and for our shareholders through Psychedelic Spotlight. Now, for anybody out there wondering, you know, why, you know, we've focused on Psychedelic Spotlight's growth, I'll just, you know, give them a refresher. When we launched this thing in July of 2020, when I took over in July of 2020, it was at a time when the company was just pivoting out of cannabis and into psychedelics. The decision had already been made that this was going to be a media-focused company in the psychedelic sector. Psychedelic Spotlight had launched, but with only a handful of articles. Uh, it had no presence, no authority, virtually no web traffic whatsoever. All of it needed to be built from the ground up. And one of the first things that I did was I developed a plan here that I said, if we're going to be a publicly traded company focused in the psychedelic space, we need to build Psychedelic Spotlight into not just one of five or six different media companies, but it needs to be the number one media company for psychedelics. That's the only way it's going to carry enough weight as a publicly traded company for it to be able to drive the value that we've been focused on trying to drive and build here for our shareholders. So that was objective number one. And we set Psychedelic Spotlight down on a path towards becoming the number one multimedia company for the psychedelic sector. In fact, last, well, no, 2024. So 2022, we accomplished that. We hit the number one spot. We surpassed, Matthew, 
we've surpassed. And I'm, I'm, I want to highlight this because I'm very proud of our accomplishments here. And you should be proud. And everyone a part of the Psychedelic Spotlight team should be proud. We surpassed media platforms in the rankings. And we're talking about rankings that we pull from Google Analytics that look at monthly web traffic, the number of visitors coming to the site, organic visitors, page views, uh, time duration, you know, that people spend on the on the site, all these things. And we look at and we're able to put all that information together and get an understanding of where we rank amongst our competitors in the media space. We surpassed platforms that launched a year, two, three years in some instances before we did. But we managed to do this and we managed to do it in less than two and a half years. And we did it because we had a vision and we understood what it was going to take to follow through to meet that vision. So again, as challenging as things have been here in this sector and as challenging of a situation as we find ourselves in here at Sitecorp, you know, we still need to be very proud of what we've been able to accomplish. Uh, again, it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen without a very clear plan. And it didn't happen without a lot of hard work, dedication, and commitment from the team. So again, there is you know, something to, to definitely be proud about here. Um, but nonetheless, we still find ourselves in an environment, in an industry where investment capital by and large has dried up. We're not the only company out here struggling to find solutions for long-term investment capital. There's the saying, it takes money to make money. And that's the case here. And what I want to, you know, highlight is, yes, you know, we've been able to stabilize our revenue generation here within the company through both Psychedelic Spotlight and some of our other media platforms, such as Stock Day Media, which we acquired uh, in September of last year, Technical 420, which we brought in uh, in late summer of 2022. But we're a publicly traded company, Matthew. So what that means is we've got to be we've got to do more than just meet our monthly burn, our monthly overhead for expenses. If you're a private company, you know, sure, you can meet your monthly expenses and maybe, you know, make a couple of thousand dollars over that's profit and you're fine. As a publicly traded company, the bar is set so much higher if you're trying to build value for your shareholders. And for us, we've been able to stabilize that revenue generation here, but we need to be able to infuse our existing model, our existing monetization plan, our existing platforms, we need to infuse it with growth strategies. Strategies, And that requires additional capital. And that's where we're running into challenges at this particular point in time. Got it. Thanks for that recap. You know, for those who are invested in the company now, uh, who are current shareholders or have an interest in the psychedelic space still, Maybe they've been following the story of Psych for some time now. I know you've covered this before, but could you briefly touch again on how Psych Corp has expanded with the incorporation of Spotlight Media Corporation, like you said, Technical 420, Stock Day Media, how that ecosystem has functioned, what the trajectory of that plan has been? Yeah, so we recognized, you know, very early on around in 2021 that the psychedelic sector was still two, three, maybe four years away from fully materializing. We understood that we couldn't sit around and wait for things to sort of come together. We needed to find ways and identify opportunities to create paths to revenue for us in the interim. And that was a strategy and the thinking behind going out and acquiring Technical 420 and Stock Day. Technical 420 being involved in the cannabis sector, a sector that is already a multi-billion dollar industry right now. Stock Day, which covers penny stock companies and uh, you know micro cap companies that are not specific to any one industry. It gave us an opportunity to be able to monetize while we continue to nurture and foster the growth 
of psychedelic spotlight and understanding that if we can hang on here, if we can find ourselves in a position for once the industry does finally come together, the psychedelics industry, that is, once it finally comes together, if we can be in a position where psychedelic spotlight is one of the undisputed top two or three media platforms covering the psychedelic sector, we're going to be in a really good position. And, and where I want to go with that and how I want to kind of, you know, uh, explain all of this is we've studied very closely, you know, the, the monetization platforms and strategies that, you know, platforms like Weed Maps and Leafly have been able to establish. Now, I understand both of those companies have gone through, you know, some turbulent times as of late. But nonetheless, these are companies that by and large here over the last several years have consistently generated 20 plus million dollars a year annually in gross revenues. And we've always felt that that was something attainable for us as a media company focused in psychedelics, because we looked very closely at what Weed Maps and Leafly did so successfully. We also looked at how they were monetizing, how they were generating their revenue. And a lot of it, Matthew, always traced back to their web traffic, to their ability to drive millions of visitors through their respective websites on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. That allowed them to be able to go out and charge premium pricing to companies and brands and organizations looking to get their name out there, looking to gain exposure, looking to try and tap into new consumers or new patients. They are willing to spend premium pricing if they know that their advertisements and their sponsorships or their listings on directories that are a part of these two websites are actually gonna get in front of people. And so we took that and we baked it in to the very basic business model that we started with Psychedelic Spotlight, which went back to, we need an audience. We need web traffic. We need people coming to the site. The way you do that is you've got to be able to develop and produce content that's going to attract people. It's the honey trap, so to speak. And that's what we did. We developed a very clear, concise, and effective, at least in my opinion, content strategy for psychedelic spotlight that has in fact resonated with individuals out there that has allowed us to drive traffic and that has allowed us to grow it into a top three media platform for the psychedelic industry. Now with the sector, with psychedelics industry still in a growth stage, it's not where cannabis is. You don't have dispensaries and, you know, multiple brands out there just yet, but there is still the belief in recognizing where this industry is going that you will see some of that, that some of these drugs that have been in development, that have been going through clinical trials are eventually going to cross the finish line and they're going to make their way into the world of pharmaceuticals. There might be a recreational component to this at some level. We're still you know, waiting to see how things develop. We've been paying attention to what's been happening in Oregon, in Colorado, and that's typically an indicator of where things might go with other states. So there's still plenty of encouragement in terms of the overall long-term potential that's associated with the psychedelic space for us to say, okay, it makes sense to continue fostering the growth of psychedelic spotlight, to continue to do everything we can to gain as much market share within, within this industry as we possibly can. Because I'll tell you, I've spoken with other, you know, other uh, business leaders and professionals within this industry, some in the media sector, you know, some in the drug development sector, and everyone, we all sort of have the same sentiment. And that is, yes, this has been challenging. Yes, this industry has taken a little longer 
to move along than we all thought. But there is a belief, and this is a belief, and this is you know pure speculation. I don't want anybody taking this, you know, too uh <laughs> too much here, but there is still the belief that there is sort of a a pot of gold, if you will, at the end of this road. And that whoever, whatever companies are able to survive and make it through this long journey and make it to the end of the road where the psychedelic sector is finally able to begin to materialize, where there is a marketplace for, even if it's purely medicinal, the companies that are able to get to that finish line are going to be the companies that are going to have the best opportunity right out of the gate to benefit. They're going to be the ones that people are going to look to from the media side. These companies that have spent millions of dollars developing these drugs, they're going to need to get that information out into the public, out to people to let them know, hey, this new drug exists for this specific mental or physical health condition. We've always believed that Psychedelic Spotlight could play a very critical role in helping to get that information out once all of this started to happen. And for anybody maybe not paying attention to the psychedelic space as closely as we have been, MDMA, MAPS's MDMA um, clinical trial for PTSD using MDMA as a treatment for PTSD, which has been in clinical trials for several years now, was just submitted last month to the FDA for approval. Now, there's no guarantee that the FDA is going to approve it. I've spoken with many individuals, professionals within the psychedelic sector, people that have been very, very closely tied to this clinical trial. And there is a belief that MDMA therapy will be approved by the FDA at some point here in 2024. That doesn't necessarily set everything off here for the psychedelic space. It's not like when Colorado legalized recreational cannabis, but what it does, Matthew, more than anything else, is it offers a glimpse and an insight into where things are going. If there is, in fact, a pathway for psychedelics and more specifically psychedelic therapy to be approved by the FDA and make its way into the world of pharmaceuticals. That's been the unknown up to this point. But if this gets approved, then that tells us, hey, all these other clinical trials that are going on for other various psychedelic drugs, such as psilocybin and LSD, that there's a, good, there's a likelihood that they may be approved as well in the coming years. And that's where you start to see where this industry and where this sector can grow. And again, how it all plays back to Psychorp and Psychedelic Spotlight, we want to be in the thick of all of that. That's always been our intent, to position us to be similar to a Weed Maps or a Leafly, a platform covering the space, a platform where any company, organization, or brand that is in any way tied or related to psychedelics knows that if I want to get my information in front of as many people as possible that are focused in on psychedelics, it's going to be through Psychedelic Spotlight. That's what we've been focused on. But we're in a point, in a position right now where we've done everything we possibly can and within our reasonable power to grow Psychedelic Spotlight. Now, in order for us to capitalize on this foothold that we've gained, we need to be able to infuse it with additional capital to be able to support growth strategies. If we don't, and if we fail to do that, there's a likelihood, and there's no guarantee, but there's a likelihood that we'll get bumped off that rung. We'll get bumped off and we'll fall you know, down six, seven, eight. And again, as I said at the very beginning, if we're going to be publicly traded, if we're going to be focused in on psychedelics as a media company, if we're not in this to be number one, I just don't understand and see how we can build the value that our shareholders deserve. So this is why we find ourselves at such a critical juncture right now, because the time is now, from my opinion, in my opinion, 
The time is now for us to grow. The time is now to capitalize on this foothold that we've gained. Because if we don't do it, you better believe there's somebody out there that's going to do it and they're going to leapfrog us. Just like we were able to leapfrog over our competitors, someone's going to do it to us. I'm a competitive person, Matthew, and I don't want to see that happen. I'm here to build as much value as I can for our shareholders. And if we can't do that, if we don't have the resources to do that, it's going to force us into a position to make some very difficult decisions. And these are some things that, you know, I do want to communicate with everyone out there. We're doing everything we can because we believe in this. I believe in this. But at the end of the day, we need to be able to have the resources to support these goals and these objectives. David, say that we're in this growth period for another two, three, four, five years. How does Sitecorp and Psychedelic Spotlight continue to monetize optimally so that it can sustain operations with the support of investment capital? Yeah, so one of the things that we've been able to identify here over the last couple of months is, you know, we formed a strategic partnership with Target Media, which we announced back in September. Uh, and what we've identified here is there's a real opportunity to put their tools, their marketing, their digital marketing tools and resources and solutions to use in combining them with what we have here with Psychedelic Spotlight in terms of our reach within the psychedelic sector. And more specifically, we've honed in on the clinic side of things. That's where there is somewhat of a marketplace. Ketamine clinics, for example. There are several, there are several hundred ketamine clinics that are legally operating across the United States right now. And that's been the case for the past couple of years. So that is a marketplace that we can begin to tap into because when we look at the trajectory of this industry, as I mentioned earlier, MDMA therapy, likely to be approved in 2024. We don't know for sure. But if it does, well, you're going to have clinics that are going to want to be able to offer MDMA therapy to their patients. Now, these may be existing ketamine clinics. These also may be, you know, existing health and wellness clinics that are looking to integrate some type of psychedelic therapy into their service offerings for their clients and for their patients. We want Psychedelic Spotlight to be right there as the primary marketing partner for all of these clinics. Very much so how Weed Maps and Leafly has become the primary marketing partner for dispensaries. That's where we want Psychedelic Spotlight to be, right there for these clinics. Because we understand there are numerous challenges involved in marketing psychedelics, psychedelics and psychedelic therapy. This is a very different type of therapy offering and solution than anything else that's existed out there before. There's a lot of information, a lot of a lot of education that needs to happen. You know, there's the saying, you know, in marketing, you always want to meet your client or your customer where they are. The problem that we've identified here in this particular sector right now is many of these clinics, they don't know where these potential customers or patients actually are. They don't know how educated they are on psychedelics and psychedelic therapy. Do they understand the importance of the elements involved with preparation and integration? These are things that we here at Psychedelic Spotlight can help. We can leverage our audience. We can leverage our traffic. People that we know are coming to our site that are either already interested in psychedelics or already have some level of knowledge and education about psychedelics or they're curious and they're looking to further their knowledge and education on psychedelics, we can funnel all of that and begin to build different buckets to understand you know, where these individuals are and how best we can put them in front of various services that they're likely going to be very interested in. And there's a 
ton of value in that. If you're a ketamine clinic owner, there's a ton of value in that because that's enhancing your ability to put you in front, being able to meet potentially new customers and clients where they are instead of just throwing darts in the dark. So that's one area, Matthew, that you know we've been really focused on trying to you know get off the ground here over the last couple of months because we do see a lot of potential. We do see that this really is a fantastic opportunity for us to take what we've built with Psychedelic Spotlight and the authority that we've established with it and putting it to use and putting it to use in a manner that's going to contribute to monetization strategies for us and being able to put us also in a position so that as this sector continues to develop, if MDMA therapy becomes a thing, if psilocybin therapy becomes a thing, we're right there. We are the authority. We are the marketing authority and partner for all of these clinics. So I hope that answers you know so, some of the question there, but that's exactly what we've been focused on. Yeah, thank you. I think that does. For current shareholders who are listening or watching this interview, they've bought into the vision uh, to a certain extent forever, how, however long they've been uh, a part of this company as investors. What would you say to them now in light of the uncertainty that we've reviewed here um, or people who are coming into this space now and who have heard what you've said today and who have reviewed what we've done over the past three and a half, four years, what would you say as a takeaway from this conversation today at this juncture at the beginning of the new year? I first want to thank them. You know, I, I want to thank all of our loyal shareholders, you know, especially those that have been in this thing for three and a half years. Uh, when I took over in July of 2020, I assumed the responsibility of needing to make things right for all of our shareholders. And the, this extends to debt holders, you know, and shareholders that pre, you know, that, that pre-existed my arrival as a CEO here of this company. But I felt it was my job and my responsibility to build as much value in this company for each and every one of them as I possibly could. Now, with that said, we know there's been numerous challenges here. When I inherited this company, we didn't have a business model. We were able to, as I mentioned earlier here, we were able to develop that. We do have that now. We do have a foundation to build off of something that we did not have. So there has been progress made there. On the corporate side of things, we knew there were a lot of challenges here. The company was already several million dollars in debt, a lot of old you know, note holder debt that we needed to at some point address. And I always looked at it and said, the best way we can address this is let's put this company on a path to profitability. Now we understood this was gonna take time, but you gotta start somewhere. And we did start. And I do believe that we can realistically demonstrate that we've at least placed the company on a path here. It's on a path that I feel is a lot better than it was on when I first took over here. In addition to that, we've worked to do everything we we, we can here to try to legitimize Sitecorp as a publicly traded company. And what I mean by that is, you know, we've been a pink market company trading on the pink sheets um, for several years. From day one, I always said, if we're going to build maximum value here and have any shot whatsoever at being able to deliver value back to our shareholders that I would be proud of and that I think, in my opinion, makes the most sense, we need to not be a pink market company. We need to operate at the very least as an OTCQB company. From there, we could always explore you know, other uplisting opportunities and so on and so forth. With that in mind, we went through the very rigorous process of auditing our 2020 and 2021 financials. We expended 
ton of resources, time and otherwise, on successfully completing those audits, particularly our 2020 audit. And I'll tell you, Matthew, you know, there were days where, you know, I'm receiving PBC lists from our auditors, which felt like it was never ending. And I felt like we were never going to reach the end of that tunnel because the auditors, you know, as they typically do, they're looking to poke holes and everything. They're looking to, you know, find, you know, challenges everywhere they possibly can. And it was a very challenging and difficult process. And so much so, I have no problem saying that was the most challenging experience of my professional career up to this point, getting the company through that 2020 audit. Yet we did it because I believe that it was worth it because I believed in the role that getting through that audit played in the bigger picture of keeping Sycorp on a path to eventually uplisting. Now, uplisting requires a lot. It requires a lot of resources and it's not something you just go and you just do. You have to really build a foundation that can support it. Otherwise, it all falls apart. We've been focused on that. The other part of it was building and creating a revenue stream here for the company, a revenue model for the company, which we now have that we did not have three and a half years ago. These are all small pieces, but when you look at the bigger picture, they're all very important pieces to how a publicly traded company goes from being a pink sheet penny stock company to taking that giant leap to becoming some becoming something a little bit more, to legitimizing itself, to uplisting, to becoming fully reporting. In addition to that, over the three and a half years since I've been CEO, CEO of the company, we have maintained all of our filings with the OTC markets. We have not missed a single one. And again, I want to stress that that's not something that just happens. That requires time. That requires resources. But we've done that. We've remained diligent in doing that because we understand how important that is, again, to keeping this company on a path to uplisting. Now, I at this point in time, I, I don't know if you know any such uplisting is a possibility. I would like to think it is. I want to believe that it is because we put so much into this to get ourselves to this position. But as I've said earlier, it's going to require resources in order for us to do that. So what I want to just extend to shareholders is that we've done absolutely everything. We really, truly have. Everything that I've come out and that I've said about the company, about what our goals are, what our objectives are, you know, what the potential is here, we believe in it. This has been three and a half years of my own life and my own commitment and my own dedication, my own sweat, blood and tears into this and putting myself and my reputation out there, as well as many of the other individuals along the way on this journey who have done the same. You know, I've been very fortunate enough to connect and meet some great people over the last three and a half years who have seen this vision, who have believed in it, and who have put their own name and their own reputation out there. And I want to thank each and every one of them, because without them, we would not have made it this far. We would not have managed to carve out the foothold that we've carved out here in the psychedelic space. So again, what I want, what I want people to know out there and what I want shareholders to know is that I'm still committed to doing everything I can to making this work, to making everything that we put into this over the last three and a half years, all worth it. Because I still very much believe in the long-term potential that it exists here with us being in an industry that is still primed, at least my opinion and what I believe, got to say that, uh, but I, I genuinely do believe it. It's still an industry primed 
to become one of the bigger industries here over the next two years, an industry that I do believe is going to be disruptive over the next 10 years when we talk about revolutionizing mental and physical health. We are here. We earned a seat at the table, but now it's time for us to make use of it. Now it's time to take what we've done and take it to the next level. We are committed to doing everything we can to make sure that that happens. We are up against some very challenging obstacles here that right now we are sitting here trying to figure out how we are going to get around. Make no mistake about it. But we're turning over every stone, shaking every tree, trying to do everything we possibly can to make this worth it because I carry that responsibility for every shareholder, for every individual who has put any time, energy, money, resources into this company over the last three and a half years. I'm here trying to do everything that I can to make this right for you, to make this worth it for you, because I appreciate everything that you've done. And I, I want to make the most of what I think is a once in a lifetime opportunity, because I think that's what we have here. And I don't want to miss out on it. Anyone wishing to contact you with further questions or thoughts to share? What's the best way to go about that? Please. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that because I, I want to make sure if anybody does have any questions or if anyone's looking for any clarification on anything that I talked about here, please reach out to me direct, directly, david at psycorp.com. Again, david at psycorp.com. Please email me. I will schedule a time to get on the phone with you to discuss any questions that I can. Of course, so long as it's you know not anything that's material and non-public information, you know I'm going to share everything that I possibly can because again I do believe in transparency. So please do reach out to me if you have any questions. David, thanks for taking the time and sharing everything that you have. Thank you, Matthew. I appreciate it.